But imagine <laughs> when you are now thirty-five, <laughs> yeah, and watching this. Now it's documented. It's there. It's there, man. It's there. What's going on, everybody? Asad Hashemali back again with another episode of Behind the Grind. This time, it's a podcast as well. Behind the Grind for all those who knew, who are new over here is that podcast in which I sit with cool people who are doing cool shit on a regular basis. People whose story I admire, people whose grind I admire, and people who I feel that I can constantly learn from. Who um, I hope everybody at home can also learn from as well. Today's guest is a very, very old friend of mine. Since um, 2006, that was the first time I met him. <coughs> yeah. And uh, we were not in chuddies, but we were in school. We actually, were in chuddies, but the grade six was shorts. No, that we had pants. No, grade six. You guys had uh, shorts till grade five. I wasn't there in grade five. See, boy. But yeah, so as okay. you can already tell, Emmet Khanani <laughs> is in the house. Emmet, what's up? All good, Asad. How's, how's everything with you? Good, man. Good. I'm so glad you are here and. Uh, I've had you on the list for a while, thinking that yeah, one of the days he's in Karachi, I would call him in. I didn't want to do this over Zoom. It's been a while. But um, introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Why are you sitting in my office right now? Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge that the first time that I heard you uh, say, "This is Asad Ashmali. This is Behind the Grind." Um, I was a fan of it instantly. So now stop hearing it in person, it. it's actually stop. pretty good. Um, my name is Ahmed Kanani. I live in Toronto. Uh, I've uh, raised, been raised in Karachi. Mm-hmm. for most of my life uh, but for the past seven years i have been in toronto nice what i do there now graduated live with family uh did all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. worked in uh sales jobs to uh working in corporate life to now starting my own ventures nice it's been exciting and uh for now in the last week i've been just uh just loving the karachi heat it's been yeah. a while since I took this heat in. Because you guys uh, had a bad winter this year as well. Every huh? winter is kind of bad, but luckily this winter has been pretty mild uh, in terms of the duration that's uh, lasted. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't been to Karachi in over uh, for like the summertime, the mm-hmm. hot period time, you know, about five years. Yeah. So, I have a shock to the day, but I have to do it different. Now, I have to shock to the day. shock to the day. Now, I have to do it actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sahi. Cool, man. But... That intro is exactly why I've called you in. Is because you've you've been through a lot already. Yeah. You've experienced a lot, and um, I'm guessing or I'm hoping that as we dive deeper into this episode, we will be unraveling some myths as well, because there are many um, there are many kids from the time when I was at Cedar who still follow this as well, who are yeah. either in university or in A levels as well. But then there's also people I know who watch this or listen to this who are older than us, like in our brothers' years yeah. as well, and. I think there's something uh, valuable in talking to you for everyone over here. So um, tell me about when, how was it when you actually moved to Canada? Like, I still remember when we were going to university, everyone was like, you're Canada, going to party. Canada. Canada, <laughs> Toronto, 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 that's like sick area, bro. Sick. Sick. A lot of Sikhs live there. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about how it was when you moved there. Like what was so how did you what was your earliest like recollection of you in Canada overall? And so I Canada's not new to me when I moved. I had lived in Canada between 2000 and 2004. So got the passport. Uh, a genius move by the father, of course. Yeah. Uh, 
a lot of people say that of course there have been many friends who had uh, wished to have the canadian passport back in the early days and then um the most famous saying that i would get from most people is like tum to smart log ho na meman log canada chale gaye so that's also something i kind of stuck with me because uh when i came back it was more like i was i went there i was learning more the english side when i moved back in a short period of time i was like okay now i've learned urdu hmm. fast over 10 years later i become a complete karachi boy and then i've seen my stati nahi hai english thodi baat kar lete hain koshish karte hain matlab parda pehna dete hain apne upar but um, in 2014 uh, once i finished uh, high school yeah. from bayview high i applied to a bunch of universities during that time frame as everyone does mm-hmm. uh, it's stressful of course yeah um my last year was wasn't that fancy i got uh, horrible grades but i still managed to get into uft pretty yeah. good school um I think my mom was just praying for me that I would get in some good school as compared to and my brothers. And that's exactly why you got in. No, it's not your resume. Prayers, bro. It's prayers. Ammi ki dua, jannat ki hawa kehte hain usko. So that's something I do fully agree with. Um, but yeah, moving to Canada in 2014 was more like, shit, I'm moving into a new phase in life. Yeah. Um, obviously leaving a whole set of friends behind. Yeah. Um, some people moving to the UK, some people moving to the US, some just staying back, more staying back. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think... the education system here is also it has some good universities like ib alums yeah. a lot of people do stay back and pursue education here so for me it was obviously a great opportunity something i feel extremely grateful uh, grateful for that i get to go to canada mm-hmm. huge change uh first uh, i remember moving to canada 3 months in advance before the university started mm-hmm. uh just to get more of the exposure thoda seekh lo ki matlab thoda kis tarah karni cheeze um but yeah all in all i would say expectations were quite varied from how i'm going to make friends mm-hmm. um uk downtown toronto mereke you will see a lot of people it's going to be a huge school a huge campus uh but so many different types of people from asians to hispanics to black people to white people to pakistanis indians so many different types how are you going to gel with different personalities yeah. knowing you've only been with pakistanis for so long it wasn't that hard because the first person i saw was a mutual friend of ours in the um what we call frosh week orientation week uh-huh. ahilo sand okay turns out i spotted from this i'm like oh shit there's so many different people here i spot once one guy who i know that. <laughs> and that w- that hit my comfort spot the people do say when you move out and move away from the country that you have spent most of your life in mm-hmm. finding your uh, getting out of your comfort zone is key but the first thing that i saw was i found my comfort zone immediately through a mutual friend but do you think there was a culture shock when you went there or was it more like um and not a culture shock in terms of like you know western culture but because in a culture shock in the sense that like overwhelming amounts or like you know an overwhelming volume of different cultures being thrown in your face is canada is like a melting pot yeah usme i think one of the key things that you have like anyone has to keep in mind is how to converse with different people hmm now you can't offend anyone in canada that's like a, it's a very sensitive thing yeah here of course like when you're around with so many people It's really easy to offend anyone, but no one's actually going to be offended by it because, like, okay, you know what? We're just going to let it go. Hmm. Um, in Canada, however, if you say, say the slightest bit of like inconvenient thing or anything which just causes someone some kind of like shock, they will call you out for it. And having that awkward moment is something you wouldn't want to stay away from. It's happened to you. It hasn't happened with me, but it happened to a couple of my friends. You um, witnessed it. I've witnessed it live um, during Frost Week itself and Orientation Week because you meet different people, right? Um, yeah. Asians are there, so you. you know you want to be com- making people feel comfortable about what you're saying aap kuch ulta seedha bol diya to obviously phir dost nahi bante aapke and obviously you get labeled in certain ways as well because mm-hmm. you also from a uh, pakistani who's seen so many different cultures like you see white people different girls you're like oh shit like you know 
baat karu se nahi karu like all those mm. things as a typical pakistani boy you see and experience that and um, gives mm. you whole different shock as you mentioned because shocks yeah. kafi hote hain mm-hmm. sweet okay so but then when it comes into you being there alone also like you well you were one of those people that had like family there yeah. as well right but um as far as i remember there was a brief duration or there was like a couple of years where you were completely alone uh, away from your family as well because they were in another part of town yeah. and you were away so oh that's a, that's a whole different interesting part of my life where i forced my family to let me live alone because i really? felt like yeah like i actually um the, what happened was i had been with family for way too long uh-huh. um throughout obviously high school up until now I was there when i moved to canada i had uh, three big guardians my brothers um yeah. in uh, different parts initially in different parts of uh, toronto but when i moved uh, we got an apartment in downtown mm-hmm. so living not living the residence life yeah. was something i dearly like had in me that i should have had the opportunity to um up until the second third year ended uh is when my mother moved to canada and mm-hmm. she's like uh well now you have an added set of responsibilities and mm-hmm. not just her it's also my baby sister uh-huh. so i'm a very family oriented man okay. i love my family so for me it was more like okay now i have to add this as well yeah work study sports family um a lot of things huh. fourth year came in uh family was like let's move to the suburbs we need a bigger place uh we're a big family um and i'm like okay i've never got the experience of living in residence huh. um honestly a privileged problem to have uh, yeah, that yeah. i got everything so comfortably uh that i forgot that like that really want i was craving the uncomfortableness mm-hmm. um because i think in that period is when i realized that uncomfortability is what leads leads me to success mm. or at least find out what's out there to explore um end of third year family got a house in uh, vaughn mm. um and i started fighting i was like i'm not going to move to vaughn it's like a 50 minute commute i have too much stuff going on in downtown um it's like saying ke aap log sab nazarbad ja rahe ho and main yahan clifton mein basically that's literally the distance is um it, it would take about 50 minutes one way hmm. to go to university ab mai koi class jata tha nahi waise bhi like i used to skip most of my morning classes it was uh, something i but just but they think, don't need to know that parents don't need to know barely that. need to know that yeah. uh, but i was working I was working uh, 30 hours a week at that point I was part of this uh the university soccer team and other extracurriculars as well um of course studying you have to be part of it because my third up until 30 of my GPA was trash so I had to get it pick it up so that uh, I can try to get that ideal job in some way or the other so distractions thi kafi sari but for the better things um mm-hmm. I managed to convince my family ki I lost it bachcho ko to exposure chahiye thoda karna hai bahut bheek mangi there was a, there was a point where he was I was, I was actually close to sobbing I was like ami please and then my father finally picked it he's like theek hai kal ja simran ja yeah so no I, i told them that like i i'll manage everything myself uh-huh. uh pay my own rent i was working everything so i think that's what convinced them is like you know he's working hard let's just um give him the benefit of doubt that he's actually going to do something while he's here mm-hmm. um i don't know how much i did but no one's there to evaluate that <laughs> you know interestingly I, that's something that i wish i also got exposed to yeah like the 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 the, the struggles and the problems that i had to deal with while i was in university were very different but, yeah. but regardless of all that shit this is actually something that i did want to go through but you know because it's a that's actually being able to take care of yourself in the in the whole Absolutely. sense it is. you know and it's it's a, it's a lot of responsibilities on you right yeah. uh being in comfortable places for so long and yeah. then you find yourself overwhelmed with so much stuff yeah you miss you do mess up a lot it's not ki aap 
बहुत मतलब मैं परफेक्ट हो गया हूँ मतलब आई एम सो आई एम सब सफिशेंट कमाता हूँ मैं जो जिम जा सकता हूँ जॉब कर सकता हूँ मैं पढ़ सकता हूँ कुछ बट यूल मैसअप सो मच बिकॉज यूल गेट एग्जॉस्ट यूल गेट टायर्ड खाना भी खुद बनाना है बिकॉज You you're living in Canada. You can't like afford meat. You you're not going to be going around and picking up food all the time because you're on a student budget as well. Yeah. So a lot of struggles, and I think everyone should go through it because yeah. it actually um, humanizes you and makes you learn um, a lot of things up until an extent that what how am I going to manage myself in the future? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Interesting. So so when you were there and you when you got there, tell me about the Ahmed Khanani of. 2014 yeah. to 2018 what were the goals then versus what are they now how do you feel that you've transitioned over those over the past 7 years also the first goal was to get into good university i thought you were going to say shaadi karni but nahi wo to wo 2022 ka goal hai 23 ka 22 23 couple of years later i don't know we'll do this episode again see you saw the video um the 2014 emmet had some goals which were mainly towards like I want to be something like you know, just um, maybe become Kuch something. Good, not something too big. Mm. It's more like yeah, I just have some some passions, right? You have those dreams when you are growing up, which initially was to become a football player, and then um, obviously that didn't work out. Um, mm. When I told my father at the age of uh, I think twelve or thirteen, that Abba, I want to UK based, please, my academies. I think my game is good, and I can go. Something can happen. That's like stop. क्या कर रहे हो मतलब पढ़ाई करो मतलब क्या कर रहे हो सन्नी के अखबार लेकर आ जाते हैं ये पढ़ो बस लाइक यू नो फोकस ऑन दिस विच इज विच इज गुड लाइक यू नो माई डैड्स फ्राम अ वेरी डिफरेंट बैकग्राउंड मी की बेटा देखो सपने ऐसे देखो कि मतलब कर सको अब उन्हें मेरी गेम देखी नहीं थी फुटबॉल की सही आई कॉन्ट रिली आर्ग्यू विद दैट ही वॉज पार्ट ऑफ मी दो अबाउट हाउ आई प्लेड हैजी मैंशनड बट ट्वेंटी फ्राम द स्पोर्ट्स ड्रीम्स So now moving into like okay now I'm moving to Canada um there are a lot of good jobs there my brothers are there who were doing jobs uh-huh. um and I just wanted to do something similar because it's always been like char bhai chautha ke bhi chautha bhi kya karega like you know one two three they're all doing something so what's what's what are you going to do so what's on your expectations always always um from i think middle school to high school to university but it's always been but do you think been. this was like like some kind of imposter syndrome or was this overt expectations um often times i would say there are over expectations huh. um i did feel a lot of imposter syndrome throughout my life yeah. because um there are certain things expected from you hmm. and you try to pull it off hmm. but you know you're half assing it in the process and other people would just think that um it's it's great like you know oh my god look at you um but inside you would know that let it be let it just slide away yeah. like you know maybe just let them think of this and it's just going to help you move away like transition to the next phase yeah um so i felt that um the expectations part is always has always been with me huh. um and so it's something which i took it upon myself like if i had i would say the right senses back then hmm. i would uh, tell the inner child as they call it ke matlab ignore karo like you know hmm. like there's no point of being in that race of do what he's doing do what she's doing like just try to match that or go beyond that because honestly everyone's made of different skins um i've i've faced that throughout my last 6 years i would say and up until recently is when i realized that i should start talking to my inner child more ki bas ko bata do ki like don't worry don't don't be stressed all the time um and it's even till the till the 2018 graduating emma the way it was like so uncertain ke yaar ab to matlab 4 saal pure ho gaye like i was supposed to smash my gpa like you yeah. know I was, i was supposed to get like 3.8 3.9 um 
I end up with a pretty bad GPA, which I don't, I'm not, I would say ashamed of telling people, but it was 2.6, mm-hmm. which is pretty bad to get a job in any like good place. Uh, but I've had my ways in getting jobs. Uh, some, I would say very cunning ways, uh, where, and I still managed to work at, um, in two corporate jobs, uh-huh. but during that time between graduation and getting that first job, it was a struggle yeah. because you are assessing your self-worth. So what is exactly my self-worth? Like, how do I actually evaluate my own achievements so far? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest problems that I think most university kids would face. Mm-hmm. Here, uh, the expectations are there, but the actual result, you oftentimes won't ever man- like match it. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel after that is the biggest struggle that I went through. But you said you're like, you, you, so you mentioned that the, the elder brothers were setting a benchmark of sorts, right? Mostly, like, yeah. What were they doing? Um, honestly, from like, let's say middle school to high school, um, the, my oldest brother Bilal, he, he wasn't the studious one, but the middle two were, um, from scoring straight A stars to NAs to like becoming the head boy and student of the year kind of person. Um, <laughs> I always had this like, yeah, kind of thing. I went to leave in university time when I'm there, like, you know, um, their GPS are obviously like 3.5 above. And, um, I was always like, just like, you know, being the turtle in the race. Um, even after the graduate, their graduation, they were in high profile jobs, internships, part of that as well. Um, with my shitty GP, I still managed to get some decent internships. Um, and, uh, I think that led me to some kind of success in evaluating my self-worth better. Okay, I managed to get this tech internship at, uh, through university. So maybe that's something cool. That's something he didn't do. So maybe I can take that as a, as like a way to find something different. I wanted to be different. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like them. So, and I'm glad. But this I- was your way of charting out your own path. Basically. And. Yeah. You mentioned also that the, you you got those internships in cunning ways. What were yeah. those ways? Honestly, like uh, one of the one of the biggest internships that I felt that I got was this uh, bank job mm-hmm. um, at uh, BMO. Um, I remember BMO. When I, yeah, it's called Bank of Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the acronym, like the what do you call them? The initials are BMO. Mm-hmm. It's Banca de Montreal, which is I pronounced it really badly, but um, it's French. It's French. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, uh, Bank of Montreal's, uh, internship was, um, available. It actually wasn't even an internship. They were just hiring, um, a contract on a contract basis. Um, uh-huh. I remember like just utilizing networks from then and then onwards. Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned is, uh, your network is your net worth kind of thing. Right. And mm. I think that quote always resonates with me that, um, I've always been a very social person. Yeah. Um, and I felt that the people around me are like the people who are going to elevate me to certain extents. Mm-hmm. Like I obviously have to cultivate that myself. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're going to be like holding my hand throughout the journey, but I have to like take them as an opportunity, like be with them as an, uh, and take that as an opportunity to take the next step mm-hmm. and see what opportunities they can create for me. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I can for them. Um, I, of course, having brothers in the city allows me to spread my network even more mm-hmm. because then you meet people who are even... You tapped into their you ta- Yeah, so like you tap into their networks, mm-hmm. um, start messaging them on Facebook, mm-hmm. keep it extremely personal, like, you know, send them a friend request. Oh, I, I met you at cricket. Like, you know, my brother were playing at Ramzan night cricket, which is a scene in Toronto, you know, there are a lot of these here. So you yeah. have all these mixed gatherings at uh, Ramzan nights and other events. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met a lot of people through that. And honestly, the, 
if you speak right and if you speak honestly and genuinely to them mm-hmm. people will be there to help you yeah and uh one of the people who was even my brother's senior from uft mm-hmm. um i he remembered me like he added me back on facebook and he said man your football game was pretty awesome so yeah like tell me how i can help i'm like you have um you're working at a bmo i feel like there's a contract job i don't know if i'm qualified for it he's like don't worry let me speak to the manager uh-huh. uh he was a senior consultant there or something uh forgot exactly what his title was because he quit four months when i got in oh, okay. um but uh man he got me the job he got me the job uh as um a as an analyst at uh, bmo which to me with the gpa that i had which they didn't even ask big for win. it's a big win yeah um i was getting paid a good amount of money yeah. uh for um for my service there um I was told to, that I was going to be at this place for about 4 to 6 months. Uh-huh. Uh and after that it's going to be over. Um so the summer went by great. Mm-hmm. Earned a decent amount of money. I spent a lot of money. I decided like you know these are the goals that I'm going to set for myself. Yeah. I'm going to travel here, I'm going to do this. And to me the third year Ahmed who felt really underachieved at that point because of academics and um just like generally how life was going because before that I was just doing retail jobs. Mm-hmm. I did um But you were at Aldo or something, huh? Yeah, I I I j- I bounced around on a lot of uh retail jobs. So I remember like just because of my curiosity to know and like open openest experiences I would say. Mm. Um I always applied to a lot of jobs. Hmm. Um the the shittiest ones as well. Hmm. My first ever job was um uh my friend um helped me get it. It was for this remote internship out of um California. Hmm. Uh something cool to start off with I guess my career uh, which hmm. is called Course Hero. It's like an online platform where you upload documents mm-hmm. and um students can access that. You you as a student can upload documents and other students can access those documents which would be part of the university curriculum. So it's a supplement uh your studying. Um I was like the business development representative which as a first year second year student was like pretty fancy I was like I have an internship with a tech tech company like you know crazy um that obviously wasn't the mm. most fancy experience it was But something But you were comfortable by picking up like by going into the dirt also like there was there was no job that was out of bounds or yeah, like no job like that uh, to be honest like I I've, I've done some really like low end jobs as well i remember like um this is which one is job. a problem here it's not a problem over there yeah like honestly like if and i don't blame anyone here because even i was in that mentality for a long period of time mm. uh like if someone told me ki bhai tum first second year student ho tum ja ke mcdonald's mein kaam karo mm. like i wouldn't do it mm. the old emmet says no like you know if today someone asks me and a kid comes to me is like what should i do is like just get the whatever job you can just go to mcdonald's just go whatever you can mm. um it's harsh to be in this environment and do it mm. because it's just not the best pay it's not the best standards but it's the reality of it it's things. the reality because yeah. if up until you don't step out of your comfort zone you might not actually grow mm. um i remember my second job was to go around selling knives <laughs> like really yeah it was just like door to door door to door salesman A lot of my friends have done it and mm. I really commend on a lot of Pakistani guys who came to Toronto and did that as well. Uh, a mutual friend of ours has done it as well. It's like it's it's really good to see them step out of their comfort zone mm. to just make a buck. Yeah. Um which is just for themselves. Like you know just to spend money for themselves. Mm. Um so that they can not feel as bad when the dad sends the paycheck. Yeah. Uh, not the paycheck sorry like just like your monthly allowances. Mm. Um so yeah like the second job was selling uh Dodo knives. Um mm. they're pretty cool knives. I did not bring any home unfortunately <laughs> because i quit after my second day because i was like okay i tried this it's not for me maybe this door to door stuff is not for me because i just don't like the feeling of rejection every time because huh. i didn't sell a single knife in the two days that i was there um rejection of course um no one likes it mm-hmm. um and to train yourself to be op- like accepting of rejection yeah 
is difficult. And that allowed me to just learn that I'm actually a very sensitive person mm -hmm. that if anyone rejects me, I'll probably like be shattered. Yeah. Um, it took me a while up until let's say my final entrepreneurship journey started after quitting my job in 2020 mm -hmm. was when I saw, like slowly understood that, you know what? Rejections are great. That yeah. should teach you how to improve yourself, how to tailor your approach to different things. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but before we get into 2020, yeah. when you started, you, be, right before you left, what was that job that you left in 2020? In 2020, yeah. it was Deloitte. Uh, it was, Deloitte, I was a right? consultant at Deloitte. Yeah. And this started right after graduating? Um, um, I was continuing my BMO job hmm. uh, post-graduation because, I, as I mentioned, the four to six-month contract that I had, they extended to me part-time throughout my university. Hmm. So working at a corporate office in a bank part-time throughout your fourth year was like a blessing because that allowed me to pay my own rent, hmm. allowed me to pay all my expenses. My dad didn't have to cover me for anything other than like the final tuition year. Um, and I think for me, that allowed me to generate like the savings that I needed mm -hmm. to then figure out what exactly is my dream job. And at that point, consulting was like something of a buzzword that I was like, you know what? That's super fancy. Like, you know, yeah. they travel, they eat meals, they, um, they do all sorts of cool shit. Yeah. Um, what like, and little did I know that, uh, fast forward, like, you know, what exactly it was, which we'll get into later. Um, but yeah, like quitting uh, BMO was also in um, in hindsight a great decision mm -hmm. because um, I didn't have a job lined up. Mm. I I was like, you know what? This has been a while. It's I've been too comfortable here. Uh, even my manager, who um, luckily for me was a Pakistani guy, um, Fezan, he's a great person. He offered me a lot of like free holidays as well, something a bank would never let do. <laughs> but uh, very, very nice guy uh, to give me a good schedule uh, for a student to work alongside with um, uh, all the all the studies that he has to do. Uh -huh. Quitting that in uh, right after graduation, because, uh, sorry, a couple of months after graduation, because I wasn't able to find the right job. People usually have jobs lined up prior to like their graduation month. Yeah, yeah. I had this job, but it was not the ideal job. Hmm. It was just like sitting at a desk and uh, working in fraud and risk where people are just like filing their credit card reports that, hey, I someone committed fraud. Mm -hmm. uh, my debit card has been stolen and here are like a list of 20 transactions that I came across. Mm -hmm. So working with the electronic, the credit card and the analytics team to figure out like, and why is this trend happening? Mm -hmm. Sounds interesting at first, but when you're like, I think 18 months into it, you're like, what is this? Like, you know, this, is yeah. this my life for the rest of the couple of years? Because um, yeah. I want to do something interesting. I want something cool, like something which many people don't do. That's how I always wanted to be something, someone different. Huh. Uh, so I quit, told my manager, like, you know what? This is not for me. And he, he patted my back. He's like, man, I couldn't be happier for you. <laughs> so I think his blessing and his like encouragement to be able to go beyond. It was a boost. It was a boost. I was like, okay, you know what? This guy doesn't want me here either. Like, uh, what am I doing here if he doesn't want me? He's like, well, you are, you're not meant for this. Hmm. That's what he told me. And like, those words were like very golden for me. It's like, yeah, actually I'm not meant for this. Someone's echoing that for me. So like, yeah. let's just listen to that and move forward. Mm -hmm. um, and I did, I moved forward. I didn't have a job for about two months. Yeah. To which then my brother was like, you know what? Uh, my company is hiring hmm. for a very shitty position. <laughs> Do you want it? I was like, this Does it say consultant? <laughs> no, it actually was horrible. Um, but um, I still took it uh -huh. for one specific reason. I was like, man, I can't be out of a job. Huh. Like, what am I going to say to myself? You're not doing this. You're not doing something. Yeah. And I've always been that person who's like, this mind's buzzing with ideas. This mind's buzzing with like, you have to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it just put me in wrong positions many times. 
I'm sorry cutting you off there, but then did you ever, f- what did you do or how do you feel now about like calming yourself down? I understand that yeah. you always have to be doing something. Like yeah. you should not stop. Calm or not, you should not stop. But that can also end up like killing you softly. Yes. You know, like it's like yes. a, it can bite you in the ass as well. That's what people call burnout. Man. Not just the ass. Yeah. Everywhere. 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 It's like, for, and first and foremost, I think it bites your brain way too much, which yeah. exhausts you. So your creativity burns out because you're actually, on the back of your mind, you're like, you know what? Now that I'm out of a job, mm-hmm. I'll be more creative. I'll try to find more avenues like, to do something. But because I've always been a person who's all, always doing something, that mm-hmm. break seemed like a crime. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to hire big companies. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the consulting gigs. So I took up that job. Um, I felt that it was a job which probably was the worst job I did because it was simple, simple stuff. Hmm. Like more something like, you know, just make sure that this, uh, this Excel sheet just has the right numbers or just like put this data into this sheet kind of thing. Just like three weeks in, having my brother there as well, someone who gave me moral support kind of thing. is like, it's so that, but it's like, screw it. Like, you know, nah. even this is not for me. Huh. Went into the HR room. I was like, listen, I have to quit. Like <laughs> brother relationship aside, like I need to get out of this place. So I'm sorry. Like I'll, yeah. I'll be, I'll be not coming tomorrow for my shift. Um, uh, her name was Sheila. She was actually surprised herself. She's like, Abhi teen hafte hoi, matlab. where are you going? Um, like, you know, I'm just going to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, during that time frame is when, uh, this entire like stress and anxiety kicked in saying that, like, you know what? Abhi nahi to kabhi nahi. Like, you know, Abhi karna padega. like I said, like, This is the time to figure it out. Otherwise, you're always going to be labeled as the loser or the tail end of the brothers. It was like, Nikamma. Private ni ki kuch nia Kind of thing. So, all in all, um, this cunning thing came up again where like, you know, tap it in network. Hmm. Uh, one of my best friends in Canada, Ali, um, he actually um, is a huge supporter for me. Like, um, he's always been the person who's like, who talks great about me. thinking that he thinks I have this entrepreneurial drive. He thinks I have this edge, the way I talk, the way I do things. He's like, you have something. I don't know what's, there's something about you that I love and I learn from. Mm. Um, and he helps me a lot. And mm. of course, like there's no, uh, it goes without saying that I do learn a lot from him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at, he got a great job at this uh, uh, large company, but he always had that drive. Like, you know, what's, what else is out there? And yeah. I always learned that from him. He ended up going to this, um, Con, not conference, I would say, but this networking session at Deloitte in their mm. uh, corporate office downtown. Um, and uh, I, he called me up because we were supposed to meet that evening. He's like, bro, I'm sorry, we have to bail on that, but I would have something, I have a better proposal for you. How about we meet at the Deloitte office? There's a event come uh, happening here. You should come. Mm. I'm like, man, I'm done with this garbage stuff. Like uh-huh. this corporate world doesn't want me. Uh, I think I have to do You something. had given up at that time. I almost given up. But something within me said, like, you know, Ahmed, Ali's calling you, just go. Ali's a Moroccan guy, so he pronounced it as Ali. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. Screw it. Um, I trust the guy. He wants to meet up as well later anyway, so it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to Deloitte's office. Um, they obviously ID me in the main floor. There's like, sir, what's your name? Um, it's like, Ahmed. Uh, he's like, oh, your name's not on the invite list. And I was like, you know what? I was about to call Ali. I was like, um, oh, I forgot to sign up. I'm from BMO. And mind you, I had quit my job. I just told them, like, I'm from BMO, uh, mm-hmm. from um, uh, from their uh, fraud and risk department. Uh, they're like, oh, cool, nice, nice. Like, they just gave me a new card. Like, okay, you know what? That's fine. You can go. <clears throat> Probably forgot to register. 
Uh, now an unemployed dude just walking into Deloitte saying that I'm heavily employed by a big organization as well. Uh-huh. Take me upstairs. I go upstairs. I see Ali uh, mingling out with a bunch of people. Obviously, Keener's there because everyone wants a job there. Yeah. Ali already has a job, but what a guy! Like he's just trying to see what else what else is out there. So that uh-huh. drive obviously gets me gets me moving every time as yeah, well. Yeah. I see people doing a lot of small talk with managers. Um, of course, it's like hire me, hire me. Like I have the, I, I did this in university. I I'm studying computer science. I'm doing engineering. So they were mostly engineers. Mm-hmm. Turns out the managers are also all engineered backgrounds. And here I am, an economics graduate, talking about oh right. this building is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was literally me. So you can't engineer me. Huh? You can't engineer me. It was literally that. Like I it was an event for systems engineering practice at Deloitte. Um, so all in all, like I was not a fit for it. Um, I, there's a manager next to me, um, the great guy, uh, he, he starts talking to me, he's Indian. So I guess I have some, like some stuff to talk to him about. Um, we shake hands, we say each other's names. And as soon as he says his name, um, I, I was like, oh, you're Indian just to break the ice. Like, you know, oh, Indians, like, you know, neighbors kind of thing. So bye-bye. yeah, bye-bye. So you obviously have conversations which are more relatable than no small talk happens because you actually know what you can, what you need to say to these yeah. people. Um, so one similar interest came about, which was uh, football as they call it soccer in Canada. So we started talking about football. He supported Chelsea, I support United. Um, so obviously something that also allows us to not just share love, but also hate. Mm. So it's a good mix and balance there. Um, and, uh, there is this partner. So partner is the high level exec there at Deloitte. Um, he's carrying out a black book, a small mm-hmm. black book. And Ali, when I met him in the event, he's like, bro, listen, there's this guy who's going out the small book in his hand. If he writes your name there, you're guaranteed an interview. So that was my end goal. That was like, mujhe karna hai aaj. Uh-huh. so as I was speaking to all those students there who was like, who I thought were all, maybe could be managers, but some weren't. So as I was doing all those small talk, I met the manager, spoke to him for a bit. He, he gave me his business card. He's like, you should email me. Like, you know, we'll grab a coffee sometime. Mm-hmm. So I was like, great. But he's not my end goal. My end goal is that partner. I have to get him that black book. The black book sounds like a very like sketchy book. It asked me, Concept Financial Secrets. It was just a bunch of names that he's taking yeah. down, right? Um, and uh, okay, I make my move. I see him towards the bar. Like he's finally... Uh, He's finally alone. He's like, I'm supposed to hunt him down now. Yeah. Uh, I walk towards the bar. Sober guy, doesn't drink. Um, me, of course. Uh, the guy was drinking his, his ass off at that point because obviously it's his event. It's like on, on, on the house. Um, he's a little tipsy. Uh-huh. Uh, I say, hey, Anthony, heard uh, great things about you. Like, you know, like I've, I've seen like everyone's just uh, talking to you. You could be the person who is like the light of the room. So I'd like to learn more about sh- what you do. So, oh, yeah, he's like, I, like I'm a partner at Deloitte and stuff like that. He's a very, very obnoxious personality, but yeah. what a solid, solid guy. Like he is uh, someone who has a lot of flair uh-huh. and drive towards like achieving big things. Um, 10 seconds into the conversation, he's like, why does your name tag, why is your name tag in like a marker? Like why is it in handwriting? It's supposed mm. to be official. And um, I obviously shut up for a second. I was like, ah, oh, um, I, uh, that's, that's exactly what I was doing. And then he calls over his senior manager. He's like, Hey, come here, come here, come here. This guy, this guy sneaked into the event. <laughs> and literally he, they're both calling me up for sneaking into the event. Like a, a huge multinational company is telling me that you sneaked into our event. How could you? Um, so the, they, they were laughing about it. Yeah. And I, and I, the only thing that I said to him at that point, um, uh, was, uh, in a very nervous way. I was like, a man's got to do what he's got to do. <laughs> like, you know, that was that's my, exactly what took the cake then. Huh? That, 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 that helped because yeah. um, he remembered my face. Huh. But do you remember the end goal? 
The Black Book. The Black Book. I did not make another Black Book. Oh, no. So, a bummer night. Um, but um, I think the key takeaway from that was that shit. I, I put myself in a very, very weird situation yeah. with a person who I was like, I admire to work with. You know, that's something I want to do. Um, and you also had nothing to lose. Yeah. Thakara mein ghar gaya, Ali se milke. And turns out me and Ali didn't even go for dinner because he's like, bro, I'm sorry. Like, I, some other day. Huh. Like, it's been a long night. Ghar uh, gaya, I was like, you know, bummed out. This is bullshit. Like, huh. again, this happened. Um, I still emailed uh, the manager who gave me his uh, contact card. Uh-huh. Next weekend, he calls me to uh, the cafeteria uh, where uh, at the office. Speak to him for a bit. Uh, he's an engineer. He's an engineer as well. So he asked mm-hmm. me like, Why, "What were you doing at the event?" Um, I straight up tell him, "I'm a keener. I want to learn. Um, I have done tech internships, which allow me to like, I guess, divert my mind, these, understand yeah. more like what's happening in today's world, mm-hmm. and advance myself in that area." Right. Mm-hmm. Um, although, like that 20-30 minute conversation I had with him was, I think, fruitful enough for him to then uh, tell me. Send me a resume. Just sort of like, he's like, I can't guarantee anything, but just send me a resume. I'm interested to see what else you have. Uh-huh. Uh, send the resume to him. Um, I didn't hear back from him for two weeks. Hmm. Two weeks, I was like, you know what? December's here. Uh-huh. 2018's about to close. It's been six months since I've graduated. Yeah. I haven't found the job that I wanted. What the hell am I? Like, what's my what's my worth now? Like, you know, yeah. am I just supposed to go on the weekends, play football, come back and do some part-time sales job? What am I supposed to do right now? Because uh, the world thinks I have done some significantly great things hmm. because I'm obviously in the league of my brothers. So it's like expectations, expectations thee, right? So obviously it damages you on the inside. Mm-hmm. But to my surprise, I managed to get a call back from three other companies mm-hmm. in that one week where I was like despaired. I was like, life is just like done. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm being too serious about this stuff, but it was like it felt a little it catastrophic real, at that yeah. point. Um, I got a call back from two other places. Uh, at that point, not Deloitte. Mm-hmm. I got these um, two companies which reached out. One was Microsoft, surprisingly, and the other one was um, Ceridian. So these two companies. Uh, what got do they do? Uh, they're also a uh, software implementation company. Okay. So yeah, they have consultants as well, who, mm-hmm. which most of the companies do now, software implementation, right? Yeah. So you put a bunch of uh, finance or other business graduates uh, who then start working with tech people mm. uh, to become more smarter. That's what we do now. <laughs> um, so all in all, we, I got those calls, right? I got those calls. Um, I scheduled the interviews. I went to Ceridian, third round, final round. Um, I lost to a software engineer. On my way back home, I got a random call. Um, the call was from a uh, hiring manager at Deloitte. She called me up. She's like, "Hey, this is me. Like, I'm uh, I'm calling regards to like um, letting you know that you are invited for an interview. Uh, no email, nothing. Just a direct call." Yeah. I was like, "Interesting. Like, you know, but guess what, Emma? You're gonna have to go through another three rounds of interviews, and you're probably gonna fail that because you're a stupid piece of shit." <laughs> um, that's how exactly I felt. But then uh, I asked her, I was like, okay, um, yeah, I'm available for Thursday. Um, can you just confirm who this interview is with? And she mentions the name of the partner. And I was surprised. I was like, okay, the partner. It's like, yes. Black um, book partner. Sorry? The black book partner. The black book partner. Crazy, nice. right? How life turns out to be. Like, yeah. I got the call. I was scared. I was like, you know what? Those three rounds coming again. I'm going to fail. And then shit, he says Anthony. And I was like, oh my God, that's the same partner. And I confirmed from her, listen, are there any other rounds or is this the only round I'm having? She's like, this is the only interview you're going to be having. Uh, so just be prepared. Damn. I freaked out again. 
was like, yeah, you know, do I deserve this? Do I deserve this opportunity now? Yeah. Um, I started obviously questioning more than obviously answering because I was like, like what am I going to say? If he yeah. asked me like, why are you not an engineer? Why are you not a comp sci background? Mm-hmm. Um, I took some help from uh, some engineer friends of mine. What should I say? What should I not say in these interviews? Some people who worked at these big companies, um, they helped me find out the answers, right? I wrote them down all night uh, just to make sure that I don't mess up any like tech words or any buzzwords. Go to the interview and uh, the partner was there. Hmm. On the way, um, sorry, on the way I was quite nervous and when I got there, I was like, you know what? Good practice to do is feed a homeless person, you know? Dua milegi. Yeah. Feed a homeless person and then uh, outside of McDonald's, go to the office, uh, go to the office, same place that uh, the manager spoke to me. I was at the um, cafeteria, mm-hmm. very informal. I thought I was going to be like in a room, professional. Mm-hmm. But of course, as I mentioned, the flary partner, mm-hmm. he has his own ways of doing things. Puts you in a spot where you don't think you would be. Yeah. Be in a cafeteria around hundreds of people. It's loud. Present me yourself. Wow. Right? So that's something I always want to do. I present myself as best as I can. Wherever I am, I just want to be like, just that I have to be at my best yeah. because that's my image. That's what's going to get me some places, right? Um, so I think I struck the right chord. Uh, the interview, which was supposed to be like probably an hour maybe, mm-hmm. turned out to be about 12, 13 minutes. Mm. Uh, he asked me a bunch of interesting questions like, what do you do? What have you done in life before? Like, you know, have you done anything, anything interesting? Mm-hmm. So obviously like there are some interesting ones. I've, I've sold knives. Uh, yeah. I didn't sell any, but I just realized that I've had a lot of rejection in life. I've done tech internships. I got a job at BMO. I, he didn't ask me about my GPA again, luckily. Yeah. Because if he did, he probably would have told me like, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, because it's known would that, that have mattered. I think it, it does because if you apply traditionally, that's one thing that I've been extremely vocal about to all university kids. Like, do not, do not be like, like I would say, um, be don't mess up bummed you, yeah. by getting rejections after three weeks from those email uh, auto replies that thank you for your applying to this job. Uh, we are sorry to inform you that you have not. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, please stay tuned for more updates and new jobs coming out. I'm like yeah. those emails are. They're awful because they hurt. <laughs> yeah, they hurt because they're rejections, right? And yeah, we're not yeah. really used to rejections because in today's world, it's like, yeah. like I want a fuck, I want a burger. Like I'll order a burger. No one can stop me from ordering a burger. If yeah. I want to delete a post that I posted, no one's going to notice. Like I'm just going to delete it. Like, you know, whatever. Mm. So we're like an on demand thing. Whatever you want is in an instant. So rejection mm. is something we're not really used to. Mm. So getting those emails is obviously very harsh. Most students get really like, disheartened by those uh, emails mm-hmm. and I had them as well. I had a lot of them mm-hmm. because as I mentioned, six months of not getting the jobs, it's like, it's hard. Yeah. Um, but, and th- the interview with Deloitte, it, um, it was just very short. Mm-hmm. He said, we were already done hiring. Mm-hmm. He literally phrased that to his day. He's like, we're done hiring, but you're interesting. <laughs> he said, you're interesting. So let me see what I can do. Uh, he's like, stay tuned. Um, I'll get back to you. These, that's it. I'm just like confused. I'm like, was it supposed to be this short? <laughs> um, I go home um, and wait anxiously for, uh, it was a Friday, right? So yeah. now, unfortunately, I have to wait the weekend. The weekend. Yeah. A weekend because I'm so tensed. Yeah. Um, he didn't get back to me up until Wednesday. Mm. So this is like 27th December. Mm. People are on vacation. 
people are trying to enjoy themselves like you know kaam ki baat nahi karni and i'm here trying to get calm so mm-hmm. eventually went to call i and uh, i got the job i was blown away by it because it's the same company that my brothers have worked at they weren't working there when i got the job huh. uh but it was like i met the expectation it's like holy shit i i cracked the code i was like babu ban gaya consultant exactly <laughs> i was like man i was supposed to be here earlier like that was the goal in 2014 right get yeah. the job at this company like you know yeah. this is the this is the ideal thing like you know agar ye mil gaya to zindagi set hai hmm phir mil gayi na phir aagi kahani kuch aur to aagi kahani baat bataye na ab yeah i have document myself as well you have right? so i i do document my life huh. on a, on a document so i i keep everything in track ke is maine kya ho raha hai matlab kabhi kuch din mein kuch kar liya kya pata ya mar bhi gaye to matlab grandchildren should know what i've done in life right so i i do say mange to fir pata hai shadra mange to sab se ye log bana bana rahe hain something or the other right like i i try to make like i think the point is like you we get fascinated by other people's biographies right matlab apni bhi likh lo koi kabhi like you know that's my goal in life like apni mein likhta hu main wait kar raha hu ki meri koi likhe main likh dunga tumhari wait kar raha ha i didn't get that but so okay so like so coming to now Yeah. Babu ban gaya consultant. Basically man. And felt like a dream. It was for how long? It was for like 2 years. Almost 2 years. Almost 2 yeah. years. And now you are not just uh, a part of you didn't just start off your own um startup. Yeah. You're also working with the fam. Yeah. So tell me about that. Tell me about empowered. First tell me about empowered then we're going to Kanai developments. Honestly like um empowered is just um a venture based out of experience like it's literally that you know what they say right uh, when you're trying to solve a problem this world is having you're supposed to be part of it mm-hmm. in a way so that you can at least like know how to solve it yeah um when i quit my prior to quitting my job i would say a year into the job i felt like it wasn't the ideal job that i wanted what you wanted you got yet it wasn't it it's always been that i got the university i was like I got into the U U of T. I was like, "Yeah, this university." Yeah, year into, I was like, "Man, it's not yeah, that great." Yeah, more university. Yeah. I got into, uh, let's say, a job like a sales job. I was like, "Yeah, oh, job, it's not that good." It's not that good. I mean, I started making money. I was like, "Man, making money and then spending that is super tough." Like, you know. Yeah. And then again, like getting that BMO job, great bank job. But then it's not the same. Same thing happened with my last final corporate job. I was mm. like, "Yeah, this was like the dream of dreams." Like, you know, this yeah. was what I wanted. how is it not fulfilling anymore yeah if 6 months in i felt that i was like man i i think i'm not made for this like <laughs> again that question sparked up right um i think when the pandemic hit prior to that the last 2 months before like i would say the start of 2020 2020 hmm. is when i started like noticing changes in my habits hmm. um now i was doing a, a job which required you do more hours than the usual 9 to 5 because mm-hmm. that's what is expected. And then I was also a person who wanted to have a life outside of work. Mm-hmm. Now, having a job which is extremely demanding, it's hard to keep a life outside of that, yeah. especially when the people around you are also in the same grind. So, yeah. if they're doing it, you're supposed to do it as well. Mm-hmm. It's expectations again. Um I was commuting every day, which means that for me it's more like that 50 minutes of train ride each way. Mm-hmm. is like how do i make it productive i'm like in this like 
zone of trying to find productivity everywhere hmm. right ki matlab it's like you know, there's this race going on all the time yeah uh ki bhai kuch karna hai kuch karna hai kuch karna hai you have to do something stay busy stay active stay productive hmm. um trying to find like podcast to listen to and obviously that's when i was hearing your podcast as well asad thank you very much in my next commute i might hear this one um but uh, i was just all the like, way back home <laughs> all the way back home all the way back home uh but i was listening to podcasts uh read, reading books became a good habit in uh, on the train huh. but it still didn't feel like i was doing something yeah like all that productivity was slowly making me unproductive it's like mai itna kuch kar to raha hu but it's not really making me move forward like yeah. i'm not happy at the job i don't like the commute hmm. i don't like it that i my weekends are just planned but nothing goes according to plan hmm. it's like i'm going to do this on the weekend i'm going to do that on the weekend it's more like yaar subah ko 11 baje uthke because i'm like recovering from sleep hmm. uh fatigue uh sleep deficiency sorry um nothing on the weekends hmm. it goes by because i'm also living with family so it's like kahin bahar chale gaye like friends are out of the picture now so like my social life is decreasing now being a social person hmm. now your social life decreases as well like how do you actually like cope up with that hmm. the job still demanding hate the project that i'm working on hmm. need to transfer it not happening because the projects at a very critical stage is like too much going on mm-hmm. the perks were there you get to travel and get to enjoy ubers lunches whatever mm-hmm. but it's just not as fulfilling mm-hmm. I was feeling very unfulfilled. I would say being in moments of rut. Hmm. And you asking me about empowered is exactly that rut that I was trying to solve. Hmm. It's like what is it that keeps telling pushing me back into that rabbit hole? Like is that my cue barbers me gir jata hu? Like why am I this productive beast person who's always on his tippy toes that always doing shit? But realistically everyone thinks that I'm being productive but I'm actually so unproductive and so fatigued and so stressed all the time. Hmm. So that rut is what made me figure out what are the small solutions that I can bring into my life. Hmm. So rather than reading books on the train back and forth, hmm. I was like, you know what? Let's just give my grandmother a call because you know, older older people have been through life. Yeah. So hearing their calmness, क्या मैं तो बस बेटा बैठी हूँ मतलब दुआ ना तस्वीर पढ़ रही हूँ Okay, that's pretty relaxing. Like you know, she's just chilling. Like I'm here buzzing my life off. Like and like my grandma's just chilling. So it started becoming a habit that I was like, you know what? Let's call someone on the way back rather than just like thinking like I have to be productive on the way back. Mm. Similarly, I was like, you know, what's one thing? What's a song? Songs obviously play a huge part. They it's heavily researched that songs push you to limits. The reason why you listen to songs at the gym is because it elevates you. It like yeah. pushes you harder. Similarly, when you you listen to Arjit Singh when you're heartbroken, right? <laughs> so it's like all those things happen, right? So it because it elevates the mood. I'm more of a Justin Bieber guy. Justin Bieber guy. But Arjit Singh, yeah. If I'm feeling Bollywood, um, yeah. I'm honestly like, and if you're missing someone, you listen to uh, what's his name, um, James Blunt. Right, if you miss yeah. someone, yeah. So like, there are a lot of there are a lot of different, uh, I guess, categories you can resort to if you want to feel something and ele- and accelerate that feeling. Yeah. My go-to song to push me to the limits is Titanium. David Guetta. Yeah. And so see, so, yeah, like the beat initially allows me to like you know just like holy shit, like it's like it's gonna put me in a Zen mode. Like I'm I'm like this is the bliss that I want, and whatever's in front of me, I'm gonna cross it. Sweet. So on my way back, if I'm ever feeling down. and i have to hit the gym after that because like you know you have this routine hmm. like utho get ready jump on the train go to work spend your unwanted hours there like you know and just stay there to like whatever go back home work um work more watch netflix maybe gym if you can if you have the energy to eat hmm. and then sleep it's like this like really boring monotonous life mm-hmm. 
obviously um titanium allowed me to like push myself hard at the gym is like you know what our gym jana because i had titanium mm. uh and other habits like feeding someone on the way if mm. someone's um uh hungry and you see a homeless person just feed them a meal it'll make you feel more like i would say blessed and while you're going to work it'll just make you feel more grateful like you know what i have money coming in mm-hmm. these small habits made me feel like you know what these are actually making me feel better while i go to work mm-hmm. it didn't make the work better it just made me feel better yeah about going to work and getting back from it i asked a couple of my friends i was like yo what do you do what do you do when you're feeling this rut mm-hmm. someone's like you know i listen to house music i just sit at home Smoke a joint, like bob my head. It's like the weekend goes by doing this, like left, right, front, forward, whatever. Yeah. I don't do that, so like I, that's not for me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, there are friends who listen to other kinds of music, right? Um, yeah. someone said that, like you know, I usually um, dis um, discharge myself from like my phone, like I keep it completely away from me mm. at certain points in my day. because it helped me keep myself away and like just focus on what i want to do. Yeah. So different habits from different personalities, different people. Mhm. Like this is interesting. I can maybe work something out of it. So while i was at my job, covid had just hit. Mm-hmm. Uh Canada was going into lockdown. I was like, you know, this is great. Like i don't have to go to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh into the office physically. That means all those like shitty meetings that i have to be like present in the moment for, now it's all virtual. No one wants the cameras to be open. I can just do whatever i want now. So I started working on front-end designs. Like something mm-hmm. I just always wanted to do which was to create um UIs and just understand UX, user experiences mm-hmm. on how people re- react to different products. Mhm. So like you know what? I have an I have an idea. Why are people reacting to different things? Like if I give someone a uh, titanium listen to they be like, "No, oh, what the hell? Like I listen to something else." Mm-hmm. So like that means he's a different personality than me. So let's make a business idea out of it. Let's um use personality test and give people curated content. and action and it's to do to get them in out of their moments of rut and that's how empowered was born um it turned out to be a i'd say a, an idea fancied by many of my friends mm. which allowed me to loop in a good friend of mine um someone who's very like-minded passionate uh, about uh, certain causes that I'm also passionate about asen i pulled him into this uh, venture as well um both him and i worked hard mm. on making sure we pull the right tricks here Mm-hmm. um we outsourced our work to pakistan mm-hmm. from a remote village to help us build the application mm-hmm. bootstrapped it of course um felt really good that i was uh, employing someone from kohat wow yeah so uh we really di- uh, d- dug deep to find the right resources to be able to help us build huh. what we had in mind because it, it was always been like we had countless of ideas but execution always was a lacking point yeah kya kon who has the guts to finish something at least Huh. Like you know, people have great ideas, but mm. and uh, one thing was like always write down ideas. So I always used to write down ideas, mm. but I never executed any of them because I was like, "Yeah, kis ke baas time hai karne ka." Mm-hmm. Like I, the, whatever time I get, let's just do something different. When uh, like gym karo, ye karo, wo karo. So we managed to do that. We managed to um, get the app developed. We pulled in the right team. Um, I posted on LinkedIn that like, I'm. Unpaid internship. People if interested, just reach I out to me. I remember seeing that. Yeah, I I got an overwhelming response. and i think it was at the right time because there were students who were very scared about uh if i'm going to get a job and mm-hmm. that was like my stage right and i was yeah. like back when i was in 2018 like ke jobs milengi nahi milengi like you know people are saying this is the most like dire situation for any student to go through you're graduating in a pandemic you're not going to get a job and for me going through all those inst- uh, experiences in life where i didn't even apply to those jobs and i got them mm-hmm. the big job people dream about those jobs i still got them without even sending my resume in mm-hmm. on the portal 
um, I interviewed a bunch of people. Whoever obviously was not uh, hired, hmm. I did give them like the, I was there, a sweet message that I have had this experience. If you need any help, let me know. Hmm. Whoever is now with me and has been working for the last six, seven months in research, a great, great team of like smart uh, ladies that I have. Hmm. Somehow research is a ladies game. <laughs> um, they're all so good at what they do. Hmm. Um, and now we've, we've become at a stage where we have a prototype uh, we are introducing the application now to several organizations across Canada, which is, I think, one thing I'd like to mention about wellness in a nutshell. Hmm. It's a very broad category. Yeah. Uh, people in Pakistan don't really have the full understanding of how broad wellness is because it's more something in the West mm-hmm. right now. The mental health is more, um, I would say, more of a point of conversation to talk about. Mm-hmm. People are slowly getting more, um, I would say, aware about it here. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's just not as accepting as yet. It's not a mass phenomenon. Exactly. Yet. Not mm. as yet, because mm. we have a lot of other strings that we pull down on us at the, um, in when these situations come. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that during my moments of rut, I was trying to find those like, you know, habits, yoga, meditation, and mm-hmm. going across several apps. All these apps tell you that, hey, you're going to be stressed. You're about to be uh, anxious. You're about to go through this certain period of... Um, anxiety, stress, you need to just do something about it. Like here, use our app. And I just never want to accept that because I was like, don't tell me that I'm, ex- I'm uh, stressed, in, uh, anxious or whatever it is. Like, I just don't want to be in that category because either you call it male Pakistani uh, machoism or whatever you want to call it, but I just don't want to accept it. I was like, Main hai like I don't tell me that I'm stressed or anxious, mm. even though I knew at many points in my life I've always been. Mm. Um, so I thought like, you know, why is there a label for everything? Why can't I just be like, you know what, here's curated content which will help you get out of your moments of rut. Or even if you're not in a rut and you're in a moment of high like happiness or whatever, we have content and actions for that as well. But so tell me about the the, the app itself. Like yeah. in terms of function, are you, when you say curated content, you mean like there'll be a playlist of different like tracks yeah. and podcasts or like videos and stuff? So how it works is you take a personality test in mm-hmm. the beginning of like when you uh, download the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you've downloaded the app, you take a personality test, you move into the next stage, which is uh, your profile is registered. Mm-hmm. After that, you get a mood board. Yeah. Um, it's obviously in the ideation phase, so not sure if this is the right approach, but for the prototype, it's more like choose your mood, happy, sad, anxious, nervous, or clueless, the five basic ones. Mm-hmm. And after that, choose a severity scale. How severe of that mood are you feeling? If you're happy, are you extremely happy or just mild happy? If you're sad, are you... Are you like just sad or are you Arjit Arjit Singh level sad Hmm. kind of thing, right? So (laughs) once you select the severity, you move into the next stage, which is choosing the main forms of empowerment, Hmm. which is action. So like, as I mentioned, when what made me feel great was feeding someone a meal, calling someone and helping and just talking to them. So an action is something which just initiates you to do something. Hmm. And then on the flip side, you get educate, which is a form of content. Hmm. We're, we're in a content heavy uh, world today. So mm-hmm. not everyone wants to do an action all the time. So let's just give them a dose of content because we consume that so much in our lives. We get overwhelmed by it. We're in this social media noise. So how can we actually make it like more productive or more like tailored to that personality itself? So the user has to choose either one. And then you have an accountability after that, whether you complete the action or education content or not. And you get a report generated each day, week, month, and year. Um, now, the, one of the biggest components that I added towards that entire process is the ability to have a social circle in it. 
Okay. Now, of course, a social element is key because we as humans want to have a pack around us. It's very important for our development and our growth. So it's like I keep tabs on you, you keep tabs on me. Yes. So I've noticed that my friends have gone through a lot in life, mm-hmm. right? There have been some who've gone through very severe stuff, some mild stuff. But regardless, if I had known, I would have done something. Mm. But having that conversation is the toughest part. Mm. Like, I'm sure you've had instances in your life where you've maybe had moments like, shit, nothing's going right. I'm stressed, anxious, or maybe some severe stuff as well. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known because you and I compete different geographical areas. Mm. You'd be like, you know what? It's going to be busy. Same with me is like, for me, it's like, that's it. Like that's, that's what the circuit of life came to be. You know, the touch that we had with each other was mm. just like, just keep tabs on each other's social media stories. It's like, okay, Asad is pretty good. Asad is doing a podcast, but is Asad actually happy? Okay. Yeah. Like, is he good? Does he need any like pushing this motivation, anything like that? Or just a friend to talk to? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I would just know that you know, Asad is fine. This guy's mm-hmm. podcast, he's very chilling. Kar hai. Like, you know, Asad is doing great things. <laughs> kind of thing. Like, you know, you just assume as a friend. Yeah. Uh, but you don't really know what maybe Asad might be feeling. Yeah. So this transparent circle from the from the to move yourself away from the noise of social media is what i wanted to create but you're it's that's a very interesting insight to tap into because yeah. you're then um encouraging people to be even more vulnerable than they would like to be exactly so and i and i know that how crazy that sounds like we i don't think it's crazy yeah? i think it's okay. quite i think it's pretty cool because the same way like you have when you have an, when you buy an apple watch yeah. the first thing people want to do is you know, whoever else has an Apple Watch, like share your. Um, I know that how crazy that sounds. Like we, I don't think it's crazy. Yeah? I think it's okay. quite. I think it's pretty cool because the same way, like you have when you have an, when you buy an Apple Watch, yeah. the first thing people want to do is you know whoever else has an Apple Watch, like share your um, data. Yeah, share data. With right. Them. Um, and as to burned So it's a, it's a community. It's a movement, it's right? A, yeah. And that's I like that because it's that's actually what I feel is is missing or that this is also another step in some form of communication. Absolutely. So everything has been on this. Exactly. So why so, can't there be an additional uh, tool uh, which literally makes it much easier for you to stay in touch? Which makes it truer. It makes it truer, more yeah. authentic. So that's what was lacking in my life because I come from a very like um, I would say. Um, a typical Pakistani mindset family where us brothers won't really like be as transparent with each other. You won't share. You won't share. And that's fine. Like, you know, but if I respect with that, like, you yeah. and oftentimes my life would be gone hidden away from them. Uh-huh. Um, but somehow they always know. They uh-huh. know what they say, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, okay, what? Ho jayega, jo bhi. Yeah. But there were moments where I wanted to share things and I just yeah. couldn't because I was like, you know what? They've never done that and I've never had that outlet too. So let's just mm-hmm. suck it away. Yeah. Um, obviously, this app wasn't created so that I can get them on the platform and be like, you know, share your mood. But it's more like, no, I'm, I need you guys to see how I'm feeling. I'll have lows, I'll have highs, and I'm a more of a sensitive person, emotional person. So like, just like keep tabs on me. Maybe you don't need it. Maybe you do. You just don't know as yet because you just haven't had that avail- like outlet to channel that energy towards this specific thing in your life. So for me, it was more like creating that space where the conversation, initiation of that conversation needs to be removed and made more easily available for us to at least know mm. how the person is. There's some questions I have about this, yeah. which I'll get into after this. Yeah. So because they are, there's an element of behavior psychology also that I see coming in. And that's, that's one of the struggles of this business for now, which, yeah, which I'm happy to tell you about. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I'm an economics graduate. Yeah. Someone who has no idea about behavior psychology. Yeah. Uh, I had a, an interest towards it. Uh, I did take a psych 101 course, which mm. obviously doesn't make me qualified enough to build an app, which is tailored towards research. Yeah. Um, my business partner, Essence, also not. Uh, he's a an accounting reader. graduate. He's a business graduate, actually. So both of us, like, you know, cut her business. Just uh-huh. product, banana, business. Karna hai, business. Biz- <laughs> <dhanda>. <laughs> yeah, dhanda karna hai, basically. But at the end of the day, it's also something we faced as a problem, uh-huh. which I personally faced. And when I told him, he related to it. Mm. And many other people did. Um, so for me, it was more like product was problem People have said that this is a problem. I haven't told them the solution fully. Some people I did, and they're like, you know, that's interesting. Like I'll use it, but no one really has the hook towards it because I don't have the backing of research on it. Speaking now, of hook, can you pass me that? There's a book, that book over there called Hook. Oh, Hooked, yeah. Have you read it? I've read it. I've read half of it, not the full. You need to read the whole yeah. thing, by the way. And it's interesting because it's like this dude has just broken down the entire um, near aisle. Okay. Near yeah. I, the, he's he's broken down the entire uh, rationale behind why some apps are more successful than yeah. others. And in your case, this is this literally is the framework. I, I don't know why I stopped reading it, but I think I'm going to get back to it. No, you need to pick it up, man. Yeah, I will do that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think one of the... So one thing that I learned in the process that you mentioned, right? Like why, how can I make this successful is obviously research-backed. Many of the major successful applications in the health and wellness space are primarily research-backed. They have to be Mm. in order to be successful because people need to trust it, right? Mm. Um, Now, being business background people, we obviously don't... We can't go back into university and be like, you know what, let's study psych. Let's study behavioral science again. Um, and uh, let's get degrees, then undergrad, go to PhD, go to master's, go to PhD, go like there's so much studying to become a certified person. Mm. So one really, really smart woman uh, who is also my advisor said, don't, don't like learn way too many things. Like, you know, just be good at what you're good at and delegate the rest. Mm. So hiring those people as volunteers initially and obviously keeping them now as uh, employees of the company. Mm. Um, we are, we had those like, people from psychology backgrounds who are pursuing education in the field and are also practicing mm-hmm. uh, within this field. So they're helping us do our research. Mm-hmm. And then obviously now it's like partnering up with some organizations mm. who already have a huge supply of researchers. So I'm in uh, conversations with some organizations and it's going to be really fruitful very soon that we are going to have a lot of researchers doing verified research for the application that, you know what, as soon as we have the next set of the application available, hmm. we're, sh- we're confident that people can trust it. That whatever we have, like because the biggest challenges that we face is like, how is our app inclusive? Like actions, yeah. for example, if Asad goes through a, uh, an injury and he can't walk for a, uh, for a certain period of time. You don't want to say go for a run. Yeah, I can't say go for a run because it cleans your mind. Yeah. It's like, that's literally, that's like going against inclusivity, right? Yeah. Um, and in Canada, especially, you will get sued for that. Yeah. Oh, and I could potentially face fines. And if something severe happens, that us, like the, the user is someone from a, an illness hmm. and commits some kind of um, in danger, uh, like a, a, something Self-harm. which is, yeah, yeah, something which is like, bad for them, mm-hmm. I could get uh, sued, go to jail or whatever. Mm. And my business can shut down. So it's it's a very tricky business to be in. Um, but what I'm trying to promote is that I'm not a cure for mental, mental health or illness. Mm. I'm just a tool to help you get out of your rut. Mm. Because I, as a 25-year-old, hardworking, energetic person, faces that. Mm. 
And this is the problem that majority of the, of like, I would say the millennials and the Gen Z's faced. Hmm. This constant buzzing of the mind, which tells you like, you know what, you gotta do something, you gotta be on the move, but it's like, you're actually not being super productive. You're going yeah. through this cycle of life where it's like, either be at your dead ass job, or if you, even if you're happy at your job, then you can't really do other things. Your passions and your hobbies are just not being met. Hmm. You're going through dating fatigue. You're going through like this like, oh shit, I have to get married. I have to go through this work. It's a very expensive time to live in. So like even the things that your parents did at this age, get married, have kids, get the house, get the- Those bills. are, those, those like are luxury, gone. You know, yeah. So we go through a lot of stress as it is, right? It, it's not as visible because we're all this, in this very like mm-hmm. artificial world right now. Yeah. So this app is to just be more transparent, yeah. be more authentic. Um, there's no guarantee for its success, yeah. but I think the passion that I have to solve this problem for myself, yeah. which helped me in many instances, I still face those ruts. Hmm. And sometimes when I go to my app and I'm like, what should I do? I get a very bizarre thing to do. And I'm like, yeah, this is not it. I have to improve my app. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm in those stages where I'm like refine the idea further. Uh-huh. Um, I, I have a good team of people to be able to work with. Yeah. I have had good response so far. Uh-huh. I recently hired, not hired, I would say like it's, we're almost in the conversation of finalizing our CTO, a very experienced individual. So we're really confident that now we have a solid, solid team. As soon as that research team comes on board, we are going to be on track to create a great and app. still bootstrapped. Sorry? Still bootstrapped. Still bootstrapped, but um, now that we have a technical person on board, huh. uh, we finally have the credibility to go to angel investors okay. and VCs to be asking for funding because that's the missing component. Would this classify as seed or like just pre-seed? Pre-seed. Pre-seed because we still haven't tested the product in the market fully. Okay. So your first product goes on the market, that's when you raise, like before that you raise pre-seed and then after that, as your user base increases, investors are more likely to invest in your business. Mm-hmm. Seed A, seed B, seed C, then you keep on going up. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair. So because I think, you know, you didn't hit it in 20. Sorry. I, I didn't want to though. Okay, ah, I, like, I, I like that. Um, but let's just skim through yeah. some things, some parts of your life, which I'm still curious to know about. Tell me, Briefly about Kanani Development, what's going on over there? Modern age family business. It is. Honestly, like it's um it's it's a very exciting venture that my brother started in 2015, 16. I, I would say 16, uh, to be honest, because before that he was also he's so my oldest brother is also very I'm very similar to him, in better words. Um he is also not the most studious person. He's always but been a person. very entrepreneurial. Yes. He mm. he's one of the biggest uh, I would say motivations for me. Uh, that I look up to because um, he started something in a very, it's a very traditional form of business. We just say in developments. Now, my, my family just had no experience in it. Um, so how does a person raise funds, raise uh, like a team of people to be able to build a house mm-hmm. first? He quit his job in 2015 to be able to then um, uh, move into, a car, like work at a company which was doing developments and construction. Learned the trade for a year and a half there. Uh, quit to start his own renovations business. Uh, where he was just like a small contractor who had like one or two people working with him that, you know, mm-hmm. just give me a contract, I'll help you build, renovate your basement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that allowed him to like know more about the trade, find the cheapest or more, or more skillful people in labors. Mm-hmm. And eventually in 2017, uh, he had a breakthrough moment where he was like, you know, I have a good team. There's a contract available. I should try to move into developments. Mm-hmm. And uh, God gave him the courage. He he took a leap of faith. Obviously, I had to convince my dad. Mm. Like, you know what? Dad, I need to make this move. It is obviously a very capital-intensive work. Mm. I will need your support. And 
of course, like it's a blessing to have your father like push you to the limits. It's like you know what, it's mm-hmm. good. It's gonna help us grow as well. So yeah. here you go, let's do it. He managed to pull it through, uh, and I think it kickstarted the journey that you know what, Kanani Developments was born. Um, it's to this day like people think it's my business, which is great. Like <laughs> it's a it's a good thing to have. Like people thinking that you know what, you're building great houses, bro. Congrats. My my old uh, colleagues from Deloitte, they're like you know what, oh, buddy, you're building great houses, great venture. I'm like that's not really my venture that I'm working on, <laughs> but I do support it. Yeah. So I do I do help uh, through uh, of the entire marketing and operations is under me. Um, so my older brother, the oldest one, Bilal, he manages obviously the main company. Uh, my other brother, Zubair, recently quit his job as well mm. to be able to jump into the family business as well, uh, handling the entire finance side and eventually bridging it towards a further um, stream of business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's good to have like family with you working on the same cause. Mm. Um, there's a passion towards it because it's like, you know what? We all follow the similar path of quitting jobs now. Mm. It's like, what are we going to make out of this? Hmm. It's, um, you are obviously going through struggles where like, you know what, how will you make, make your home, uh, meet your home expenses? How will you do hmm. this? How do you do that? But it's like when you have support around you, it happens. It hap- It just, it works out. It Tons works of out. fights though, I'm sure. Tons of fights. I don't have that many fights because I have other things that I'm focused on more. Yeah. Uh, wherever they need help because I'm, I've am i built expertise in so many different areas. They utilize my my, my help and my service wherever they need, mm. uh, specifically towards marketing operations. So that's something I handle for them. Mm. Um, no fights with me, just deadlines. Yeah. So just deadlines is a thing because as you know, like, you know, when you're working in, um, when you're working a couple of things together or even like in marketing, like when you're trying to outsource work or you're trying to get someone to do something because I'm not the most creative person in terms mm-hmm. of like maybe editing or uh, creating content, but I have like some kind of vision that I try to project to the people who help me build it mm-hmm. and motivating them to finish on time is also a skill. And I think I'm slowly getting better and better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something I uh, utilize, uh, I would say my skills in the family business for. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. So, uh, Starting to wrap up with this conversation, yeah, yeah. and one one thing I'm actually very curious to know about is that during the lockdown, what do you feel were some very key lessons that you learned? Oh man, so many lessons. Um, the best lesson, I would say, as as like generic as it sounds, maybe many people have mentioned that is um, you can't predict the future, hmm. right? But you can shape it up. Is what I learned. Right, because um, in the pandemic year is, it's been the most transforming part of my life. Yeah, where I've done so many cool things mm. in this year, in this twelve months, I've done insanely cool things, which I categorize as cool. Yeah, some people do as well. Some people are like you know that's too much stuff, or some people are like it's it's okay. Say yeah, matlab. Take it, take it. But I feel like I've done some really like life changing things in my uh, last twelve months, from starting off to. Um, ideating on my app hmm. to then venturing out uh, to restart my old venture in strategy and cons- uh, implementation consulting. Whatever I did at, um, let's say, the bank and Deloitte, I was like, you know what? I did it for the big dogs. Let's do it for the medium and small dogs. Hmm. So restarting that practice. I, so purpose that's path. The purpose path, yeah. So starting those two ventures, um, quitting my job, taking a cross-country trip. So a bunch of my friends and I drove 4,000, 4,500 miles, uh, kilometers from the east end to the uh, west end really yeah and it it was an experience um and i think that's where i had the moment like you know what the only way my ventures are going to be successful is if i quit my job it's like if i don't get that paycheck each like bi-weekly i'll probably find out how to make money 
because I feel like I've been so used to getting money every time. It's because you had to make yourself uncomfortable throughout yeah, the process. Yeah, like, uncomfortable is something which obviously the pandemic made you super uncomfortable in so many things. Like even at your house, you're uncomfortable. It's like yeah. a couple better girl me. Like when you're out, you're uncomfortable. It's like why is he not wearing a mask? So like we're more uncomfortable than ever. Yeah. It's like we're now more aware about what uncomfortableness is. Koi cheek maarne side me to like uncomfortable. Koi kuch bolo uncomfortable. Like everyone's become really sensitive now. Yeah. So that means uncomfortableness is. the key player in driving you to the good or bad so i think yeah. i was able to take advantage of the uncomfortableness hmm. as what i think it is because um i was able to do so many things in the last year up until i would say even trying to like diminish my level, number of distractions hmm. so like not using as much social media to be able to focus on with the ventures after quitting my job is like hmm. if i'm more out there on social media at that point as i've also quit my job the expectations i'm setting for myself hmm. it's like in the job too let me ask what is up to like mm. people would ask you more because and you're not even successful as yet in your own ventures yeah like don't set yourself the expectations so like understanding that as well ke jab tak kuch ho nahi jaye jab tak like don't tell anyone what to do mm. or what you're sorry what you're doing so those are things that i learned in the pandemic valuable lessons mm. to be able to at least get myself to a place where i can now probably say like you know what? i've done something after quitting my job five and a half months into quitting I've sustained myself. I have started a couple of cool things. I'm working on a co- other couple of cool things. I was able to take a trip in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. sit across the table to you after many many years of thinking. Like you know, one day Asana is going to have a chat about this. Um, <laughs> I can yeah, like it's it's been a great twelve months. As as terrible it has been for the world, it's it's been a great twelve months for me. Nice yeah. man. Tons of introspection. Tons of it. Tons of it, man. Nice man. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So uh, it's it's nice to hear that you know there's. the it's shitty to hear also about yeah. like all the bad news as well that's happened in the world but it's good to hear that you figured out what the calling is yes that so just say this is like the present calling this is present this calling. is the present calling this is yeah the yeah, calling it's a changes chapter, right yeah, yeah it's, it's a chapter right so yeah. i i've i've learned that the calling changes mm. right cuz aaj ye hoga kal kuch aur hoga like this we're such like explorative creatures yeah ki bhai aaj ye pasand hai kal kuch aur pasand aa jayega so obviously try to limiting limit yourself from the number of like things that you want to jump into yeah. just so that you can focus on something at least get something to work yeah so the current calling is this and i think the pandemic really opened my eyes towards what my actual calling is going to be right now yeah to aage jo hoga dekha jayega but it's going to be right now will be dekha jayega like what's in your control is in your control what's not is not yeah basically awesome yeah. so if you could go back in time you made like a 10 year old self 7 year old self yeah. what is it that you would say to him oh man um don't cry i'm not going to cry now i'm thinking man come on some more some ajit singh um i would say one thing that i would tell myself 15 years um go i would tell him to just not be worried You know, it's like that's one thing I always took up too much on myself. Like mm. I worry a lot. Yeah. Overthinking. It's like overthinking does lead to a lot of failure for mm. me. That mm. honest. Um, there's a deliverable that ha- isn't happening. Let's let's worry a bit. Like you know, let's panic a bit. Maybe I might find a solution, but it just never works this way. Yeah. If you didn't get the job, let's start worrying. Like you know, just yeah. worry, worry all the time. Through the maybe the kid would understand better. 
Because kids are generally supposed to be very relaxed people, right? They don't mm. get worried that easily. Yeah. Because you're really laid back when you're a kid. Like uh-huh. you, life just goes by up until you hit your like maybe like late teens. Yeah. Like you know what? shit, life's hitting you now. Yeah. So maybe like taming myself back then is like you know continue telling myself you know let's just be more relaxed, be more calm about what's coming because things eventually fall into place. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not that there's a planner like higher power saying there's like trying to sh- mess shit up on you. It's like you know it's. He's out there looking for you as well. Yeah. And so are the people who you cultivate around you, the loved ones. Mm. They're actually going to be there to help you. Like, obviously, you have to give back love as well. It's not that you expect to just get the love. Yeah. Cultivate it. Find the right people to give the love to. And trust me, that works, man. Like yeah. Giving the right people the love and getting it back, mm. it pushes you to the next uh, chapter as well with mm. much, much greater, I would say, um, self-awareness, self-power as well. So that's something I would tell myself. For that's sure. deep. It's kind of deep. Nice. Or I don't know you had it in you, man. I would also <laughs> tell myself, like, I've done great uh, so far. Like, I've done whatever I want to check. Like, I would say a bucket list uh-huh. that you have as young teens. Like, ye karna, ye karna. I've done a lot of it, to be honest. Like, uh-huh. from the daring stuff to the solo traveling to the backpacking to, like, even just meeting new uh, people, trying new experiences. Like, I've done a lot of it. Hmm. So my bucket list isn't that, like, I've kept it empty. Hmm. So it's, like, simultaneously make your life more interesting. So mm-hmm. I would also tell myself to do more bachodi then. Like, you know, because, like, it's not guaranteed. You you grow older and there's, you feel like, I don't want to miss out on the things that I had planned. Yeah. So just start doing things already. Like, if you're, if you're worried about maybe not having enough money to do it, hmm. push yourself to work. Yeah. If you have that habit of doing it, it's going to come back to you. Like you attract the law of attraction. <laughs> you do bachodi, but you're going to come to you. You spend money, <laughs> money's going to come to you. Like, you know, it's, 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 it works, man. It's worked for so long. <laughs> That's the <and> first. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Right? Yeah. No, cool, man. Cool, dude. I don't want the tagline to be bachodi karo, bachodi aayegi. <laughs> no, no. I was actually thinking the tagline would be babu ban gaya. Babu, yo, dude. That. Just keep Babu Bangi. Babu Bangi. Yeah. yeah, done. But Ahmed, man, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah. This was tons of fun, man. Yeah. This honestly, this is. Uh, initially, I thought it was going to be a little like awkward. It's like, yeah, it's therapeutic. It's like isn't yeah, it? like I usually chat with you with not having a mic in the middle. And two people and two cameras and two lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too many twos. Too many twos. Um, but yeah, this is this has been super. I would say nice to chat with someone who knows a good share of my life yeah. but hasn't had the chance to know the details yeah and i'm glad i'm able to share this on this platform where you've already interviewed so many like cool people yeah and i've been on that list and maybe coming back soon on it fingers crossed man fingers crossed eventually yeah and uh yeah like uh, thank you man like i really appreciate the opportunity no man my pleasure and again like it's just about hearing stories at the yeah. end of the day we love stories man humans they follow yeah. stories man that's what yeah. um everything is a story uh-huh. everything is a story and uh so one more thing i would like to add is yeah. um i think one great aspect about my life that i'm slowly working on is my story mm. right um people let's say write biographies or people write articles about what they've achieved or what they've done not not just like the goods mm. also the bads but like having that documented for myself yeah. to know and look back to to figure out what's missing what needs to be added in life so each time, like maybe um, over the last years I've done this, like I look back at that documentary that I'm making for myself. It's like, what wasn't right this year hmm. and is going to be right this year? Hmm. What's wrong that happened last year is going to be right this year. And what's the cool stuff that I need to do this year? Yeah. So one goal is, of course, to buy a bike, like a motorbike. 
Really? Yeah, so I'm I'm planning to do that in summer uh in Toronto. So, fingers my crossed. My parents said no. My parents have said no. Yeah. And my mom's not got the podcast listener so she doesn't know I'm going to get it. Okay. But uh, so don't share it across too much. <laughs> Unfortunately, my mom's heard them so like I'm kind of screwed. I can't <laughs> yeah, get you, it now. Yeah, man, like non Karachi though. Like uh, yeah. I think uh, that's something my yeah. mom would definitely not let me do. Yeah. Uh but in Toronto as well like I I think I'm going to get it this one uh summer. Yeah. If it does, if you come there, um, I'll have a another yeah, helmet. Well I'll have another helmet for you, man. Oh my Safety God. first. Done. All right. Done, done. But <laughs> would you say about the stories, brother? The yeah. way I'm documenting mine, though, is two ways. Yeah. This thing, and Instagram. And not yeah. for the sake of others to read or see. For the sake of you. For the sake of myself. Yeah. It's like I know when I, when when a particular picture on Instagram went up or one of these videos comes up, and if there's a break in between, yeah, I know what was going on in that break in between. I know what my headspace was like when that video That's came true. out. Okay. You know? And it's a good way to put it. Yeah. And okay, it doesn't necessarily have to be open for the public. At the end of the day, I don't also make this for others to consume. Yeah. They consume it if they like it. I'm not holding anyone accountable to watch it but or hear it. It's for you at the end. It's for me because yeah. this is something that I also want to hear. This is also something I need to hear for myself, you know, and then reflect and sit reflect. and think about and then act on anything that was worthwhile. I think all this data comes in my own like mental yeah. file cabinet. <laughs> and when I want to use it, I'll pull out that file, install it, and then, you know, let the show roll. But thanks again for coming on, man. This was fun. Um, that was Ahmed Khanani. That's not Justin Baldoni. Justin Baldoni, <laughs> right? But that's Ahmed Khanani, the brown Justin Baldoni. Um, <laughs> do keep calls. your eyes open for Empowered. And if you're in Canada and you'd like a property made near you, get in touch with Khanani Developments. Right Residential right. property. Commercial in the future. Yes. Uh, phase 8 is not Canada. It's a building. It's not coming. It's not gas. It's a lot of cities there. It's a lot of cities there. Yeah, yeah. But um, this was fun. Till the next one, everybody. Take care. Peace out. Bye-bye.